welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher. Today on the show, I'm talking with Tiffany Compton of Healing with Tiffany. Now, Tiffany is a certified massage therapist, holistic health practitioner, and certified touch therapy practitioner who specializes in somatic trauma-informed touch for children and adults. Tiffany has so many interesting facts about her practice and experience, but the reason I wanted to bring her on the show today is because we connected in a Facebook group for massage therapists when she inquired if other women in the group took time off from their busy work schedules during their menstrual cycle. Now, this intrigued me and made me think, wow, a lot of us don't do that, and we struggle with taking care of our bodies. Now, as you know, I focus my business and this podcast on women dealing with fertility struggles, pregnancy, and the postpartum period, and menstrual cycles tie into all three of those in various ways. And taking care of your body is something that we often lack. So I brought Tiffany on the show today to talk to you a little bit about what she does, her somatic experiencing work, her trauma-informed touch, and to discuss a little bit about a new path that she is following when it comes to period coaching. So listen in to this fascinating conversation and get to know Tiffany a little bit better. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hi, thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. I am so excited to have you. I just can't wait for people to hear all these wonderful things that you are doing to make a difference in women's lives. So I really want to start here talking about how we connected, um, because I think this is just just a wonderful way for people to get to know you and what you're all about. So we connected through a Facebook group, and I was intrigued by something that you posted. You asked if other women in the group scheduled their work around their menstrual cycle. I was intrigued because it plays such a big role in all of our lives as women. And so I would like to hear more about why you chose to do that, how it affects you, how it affects your work, and any other thoughts that you have around this uh, amazing idea that you had. Oh, thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, I'd be happy to answer. I read a book in July 2019 called Wild Power, and it's about harnessing the power of the menstrual cycle. And in the book, the author suggests that menstruators take time away from their regular life when they bleed so they can rest and reconnect with themselves. And I like that idea. And so I planned to take a few days off at my next cycle, which I did. And I enjoyed it so much that I started looking for more ways I could incorporate that into my life as sort of a lifestyle. And so I just did it. Mm-hmm. And then during the pandemic and the lockdown, when you know, I can't work as a massage therapist. I thought, great, perfect opportunity for an <laughs> yes. at menstrual retreat. No <laughs> one's going to bother me. Yeah. And I turned off my phone, my internet, computer. I unplugged all my lamps. I didn't run my heater. And I felt such chaos in the collective energy. I thought, I'm tuning into the natural rhythms of daylight and the dark 
but I would keep my windows open as much as I could to connect with natural air. And I'm like, this is going to ground me. I'm connecting with Mama Earth. <laughs> yes. And I let all my friends know, hey, I'm going in my womb cave for an at-home menstrual retreat. Everything's off. You won't be able to reach me for the next week. And I'm all right. And I didn't do anything, really, except for just focusing on being. I journaled a little bit. I read a book, maybe. I took a lot of naps. All of my food was prepared in advance, so I didn't have to cook. My house was clean, laundry done. And I just got to really focus on deeply connecting with me. Mm-hmm. And I was walking my dog towards the end of it, and I felt this deep feeling all the way in my bones, in my barren bone marrow, like, I'm normal. <laughs> and it was the first time I felt like that, that I didn't, I unplugged from all the outside energy, and I could really just feel me without any else or people or energies influencing. And it was so awakening for me. I was able to feel normal. Most of my life I've been pathologized and Mm -hmm. labeled as sick or crazy or this or that and having all these problems. And really what was the medicine was coming at home to myself. And I thought, I need this medicine and I'm going to make whatever changes are necessary when things start opening up again, that I can Mm -hmm. create a life that is sustainable for me. And I thought to post in the group and connect with other people who might be doing something similar so we could share ideas and Mm -hmm. find out how does one do this in a practical (laughs) everyday way when we have other things and responsibilities and life happens, life is messy and how to make it like a grounded practical thing, not some idealistic stressful thing. Right. Because it was meant to be a medicine, not right. not another job. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that is just, I mean, I think that is just so amazing and smart. How did you feel kind of at the end of that week when you had all of this great time to be with yourself, which is something I think people just don't do enough of? How did you feel at the end? Oh, it was so, it was so amazing. Like I, I just felt really empowered in me and I felt Mm -hmm. healthy I felt sane (laughs) no cray cray I mean mean, isn't that one of the best things (laughs) no anxiety I just felt deeply grounded and peaceful and I'm in the midst of a world pandemic chaos Mm -hmm. people are freaking out and I felt very peaceful and grounded and I think that deep connection with myself and the earth was a way that I could ground very deeply that doesn't quite happen when someone is distracted by a lot of other activating things and taking time for balance is really important. Oh, I think that, and, and, you know, you just said it, you know, taking time for balance because balance is something so many of us. (laughs) I'm one of them. I struggle with that. But balance changes everything. It just makes everything easier when you Mm -hmm. can balance and feel at peace and at ease. And I just have to say, I love what you just said about being in the midst of this crazy pandemic that we're all in everywhere in the world. We are all in this crazy thing. 
And here you are during the chaos, taking care of yourself and feeling at peace because you took the time to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such an amazing thing that more people need to do. And that sort of brings me to a question that I have. I know you mentioned before that you're currently training um, to be a period coach. And I want to hear more about that because that is something that I think is just fascinating and amazing that I think a lot of people probably don't know even exists. And I think that it's, it's something I know I personally would love to hear more about what that means and what you'll be doing when you're finished with your training. Yeah, thank you. I grew up knowing very little about my menstrual cycle, just a little bit that they would share at school and the little stories that you'd hear from your friends in junior high and high school, yeah. <laughs> um, in your PE and class, that's never maybe. never the correct information. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, the little teenager magazines and... My mom didn't really talk a lot to me about it, and it was just this big mystery. Like, I knew a little bit, but it was just super confusing, and things were happening to my body, and I didn't understand, and there was not anyone to guide me and explain. And it became this, like, quest for me to learn more, and I did a women's circle a few years ago, and the woman who led it knew a lot about this, and She gave me a lot of resources and books, and I just ravished all of them, reading them and learning more and going on different websites and and going on social media and finding people who taught about this, about cyclical living, being in touch with our natural rhythms, and how that can really cultivate balance. And I thought, oh, this is what I've been looking for. And I... Um, found the book Wild Power. They have a nine-month menstruality leadership program, and I got on the waiting list, and I'm going to start that in April. And I was on the waiting list for like a year. There's always a long waiting list. And then while I was on the waiting list, this other person who I follow on social media, she calls herself the Stasha, the period coach, and her mm-hmm. website, I think, is theperiodcoach.com, or you know, I'd have to check, but... I started following her and she started period coaching school to help menstruators learn about their menstrual cycle, how to live in flow. How can your business be in flow? How can your, how can you create your health, your life in flow? And, um, I thought, Oh yes, I'm going to do this one too. (laughs) And they're different. The red school, the, for the authors of Rad power, theirs is more the, emotional spiritual component of Mm -hmm. the menstrual cycle and period coaching school has been more medical scientific as well Mm -hmm. as some spiritual it's light on the spiritual aspect and more on like practical everyday things like how do you eat according to your menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. how do you choose activity based on your menstrual cycle sound music um everything really any of the senses it's a very sensory oriented system because that's how we track Mm -hmm. our our cycle is through sensation and there's other things too like basal body temperature and Mm -hmm. cervical mucus and things like that but um yeah i 
I think that's really interesting, the two very different but interconnected um, schools of thought, if you will. Mm -hmm. One is more spiritual, one is more medical, but when you bring them together, which just as a side note, we're both massage therapists, so we both have this background in body work, mm -hmm. and I always feel really strongly of crossing the Western and Eastern medicines yes. together yes. in my practice, where I'm doing a lot of spiritual touch, but I'm also doing a lot of, you know, uh, clinical touch, if you will, for lack of a better word. And so seeing, you know, this, this perspective when it comes to menstruation, I think is really fascinating and wonderful and it's just a beautiful way to deal with this thing <laughs> that affects us all in a way that is you know so holistic just taking all of these things and bringing them all together and that, that's just it's fascinating to me these are just things I didn't mm -hmm. know existed and I'm so glad yeah. that I know now yeah and, and <laughs> I'm just, so glad that you're gonna be doing yeah this. they're just like more women need to know that and all mm -hmm. all people need to know this they will help all beings on earth even people who don't have a menstrual cycle because we all have cycles and right. we I have a, a guy friend and he's been asking me a lot of questions about it yeah. and he's been tracking his own internal rhythms with the moon and he was able to discover his own cycle and he's tracking with his partner and her partner his partner tracks her menstrual cycle and her moon cycle and he's tracking his moon cycle and he was able to discover he has an autoimmune disorder and now he's able to support himself through cyclical awareness and supporting his physiology so this is really something for everyone um, the, I mean, yes. not everyone has a menstrual cycle, but everyone mm -hmm. has cycles. <laughs> yes. And it's something. And that is so true. People don't yeah. think about that. I'm so glad you just said that. I think that's something that I, I need people. I need. I don't mean it like that. But <laughs> I think that's something that people need to understand. That's. I was going to say that I need people to understand. But what I mean to say is that's something that I think people are missing is understanding that we live by cycles. The moon is so integral in our lives. It's mm -hmm. not just this thing that hangs in the sky. No. It controls, <laughs> if you will, so many things that happen to us and on our planet. So oh, I have people so many understanding. Friends. Yeah, I have so many mm -hmm. friends who are midwives and doulas, and they plan mm -hmm. around the moon because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. every <laughs> – full or new moon all those babies are gonna start popping out i mean so, it, there is something to it people know, don't realize it but it's true it's so true so i just i'm really mm -hmm. glad you said that about you know everybody has cycles we just do you know you hear the word yeah. cycle and people automatically think menstrual cycle and while that's very important i mean it's what we're discussing right now it's not the mm -hmm. only cycle of, of your body of your life yeah. there's so much more to yeah. it and i just I think that is really neat, and I'm really excited to hear more from you about how this period coaching and everything that you're yeah. learning comes into play with your life and your work, because you're obviously passionate about what you do, and that's such an important thing to be passionate about what you're doing, and I find that the people who are most passionate about the work that they do are the people who have the the happiest lives because that mm, passion for their yeah. work spills over into the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really beautiful. 
Um, I, I want to change track here for a second um, and talk about some other things that you do. I, you know, obviously I mentioned, you know, you're a massage therapist, which you mean I've been a massage therapist for 19 years and I think it is the most wonderful thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And I specifically wanted to ask you about some of the work that you do. Um, yeah, I know on your website, the main thing is trauma-informed touch And I want to hear more about that because that is important. And I feel like trauma is such a big part of a lot of people's lives. And Mm. I I just, I want to understand a couple of things. I want to understand what exactly trauma-informed touch is. And then I would love to know how you got started in that uh, portion of your work. Super. Thank you. So I would love to break it down into little um, chunks. So first, what is trauma? So we're all speaking the same language. So in a lot of the trauma therapy training, trauma healing training that I do, trauma is defined as anything that our autonomic nervous system, our physiology, considers too much too fast or going too little for too long. And so it could be really anything. I mean, there's obviously the big T trauma, like accidents and assaults and things like that. But then there's those little things when it's just too much. And Mm -hmm. you don't get to decide what that is. Your nervous system decides for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's um, one thing. Or going for too little for too long. You know, like you neglect your plant, not giving it enough water, and eventually it's going to be wilting. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of just a baseline of what is trauma. And now what is trauma informed? Trauma informed shifts the paradigm from what's wrong with you. Let's pathologize this person (laughs) to what happened to you. And that's understanding that this behavior or symptom probably has a reason. And to slow down and let's be curious about that together. Instead of making it wrong, let's slow down and be curious and do everything in a little bite-sized pieces. And being able to be curious about the deeper need behind the presentation of symptoms, stress, um, tension patterns, whatever it is. Uh, And being able to provide a healing space for recovery rather than inadvertently re-traumatizing someone. And a lot of healing practitioners and other people inadvertently re-traumatize someone because they're not aware of these patterns that can create conditions that contribute to that. So it's me Mm -hmm. as a trauma-informed practitioner being aware of things like that and how to create spaces that are safer or safe enough for someone so they can start to begin the journey of healing and recovery. Mm-hmm. And then um, I use the word touch instead of massage because I offer other um, things besides massage. I am a massage therapist. I'm also studying to be a somatic experiencing practitioner. Mm. And I also offer other things with touch therapy. Um, Some professionals call it cuddle therapy. 
And I choose not to use cuddling because it doesn't always include touch cuddling and it doesn't always include touch. A more accurate description for me would be boundaries, consent, and communication training and helping people feel safe in their bodies that they're feeling safe enough to even receive touch. Someone might not be ready for a massage. And how does one learn to feel safe enough in their body to be able to experience connection with another human Mm -hmm. and with touch. What does that look like? What does that feel like? How can we create spaces for people where they feel like they can receive this basic human right of us to receive nurturing touch without an agenda? And even with massage sometimes can have a little bit of agenda. Oh, I'm making this happen to your muscles. And mm-hmm. with nurturing touch, you know, even in the hospitals, they have healing touch practitioners and they just go and offer a beautiful nurturing healing touch for people that, that way the only touch, they're, that. yeah, that way they're not just only giving medical touch, you know, oh, let me change your diaper, or move you out of your wheelchair or right. feed you or comb your hair. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Or let me do this physical therapy or manual therapy on you. It's like, let me see you as a human being. What does yes. that look like and feel like? How can oh, I connect I with you? That. And that little, our little selves, you know, our infant self, our child self, that sometimes just wants someone to hold us, yes. stroke our hair and tell us everything's going to be okay. So that's like my emotional support human role with I the touch that. therapy. That's so great. I mean, that, and that's so needed. It's so needed. I think touch therapy is something people can be very afraid of not understanding, well, what does that mean? And it's such a beautiful thing to bring that safe touch, that healing mm. touch. Yeah. You know, that's why, just as a side note, that's why I love your website, your, your company, Healing with Tiffany. Mm. I mean, healing is such an important thing. Thing. It's not just physical, it's emotional and touch therapy can be so tremendously beneficial for emotional healing. So mm-hmm. I, I just, I love that you use that word because I think that's a very yeah. important word that has a very deep meaning. And I, I just think that's yeah. really, really special. I really yeah. do. Sorry to, and I'm sure, sorry to cut you off. No, it's fine. I'm sure you've noticed. Thank you. <laughs> And I'm sure you've noticed, like, some people come in for massage and they don't even know what they want or what to ask for or mm-hmm. how to set yep. boundaries. And they just go along with tolerate, endure things that don't feel good and that they don't want. And how can someone learn to advocate for themselves and their touch needs? That's also one other component of it, too. But, yeah, yeah I agree. It just makes so much sense. Yes. <laughs> so... Let me ask you, of all of the wonderful modalities that you offer, do you have a favorite? Oh, that's like asking a parent what their favorite child, who is their favorite child. I like, I like them all for different reasons. I like variety. Mm-hmm. Variety is the spice of life. I would. I say that every really... single day. That is my that is my personal tagline. I'm like, <laughs> I can't just do one. So I'll just say like a few and why I love them. So I mm-hmm. I love good. the slowness of deep tissue massage. That's where I nicknamed my, mm. named myself Psychedelic Snail because the slower Ooh, I, I go, like the more magical I become. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I think that is amazing. <laughs> it's and so great. 
I love shiatsu. It's as a very balancing, grounding um, modality. I love um, that the gentleness can shine as a superpower with cranial sacral therapy. And I love playing with sensation with the hot stone massages. Oh, hot stone is so awesome. Yes. <laughs> I like the way you just worded that. I've been doing hot stone for such a long time. And when I first took my first hot stone training course, I was like, I don't know about this. I didn't like how the stones uh... felt on my body because I'm very picky. Mm -hmm. But once I started practicing with the stones, I felt like this is something different. Yeah. I like this. There's something amazing about, I don't know about you, but for me, holding those stones in my hands and just the feel of them and being able to close mm -hmm. my eyes and use them on mm -hmm. a client, mm -hmm. it's like a different type of connection. It's different. I think. It's very That's different. I feel, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, I, I sometimes miss though, like touching directly, but then there's something magical mm -hmm. about having, I feel like they're my little helpers. I almost want to give yes. each stone a name because they have their own little yes, personality. I totally get that. <laughs> I totally get that. I'm yeah. so glad you just said that because it is like that. You have your, you know, you love them all and they all have a different feel. A lot of people don't realize that, that each stone does feel different. And they, they work differently with the body and your hands. Like, to me, uh -huh. I don't mean to go off topic here, but <laughs> it, it's just the way they fit in your hands. Each mm -hmm. one fits differently. The mm -hmm. way that they soothe your hands while you're working with mm -hmm. them. Oh, it's just And the way they special, hold heat. Like, say. some hold heat different than others. It's really, yes. it's like, so fascinating. Some might be even thinner. And I'm like, how? Yes. This is like a monster. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. I 100% understand what you're saying. It's, it's amazing. I, and that it's just, it's cool to hear someone else appreciate hot stone massage in the same way that I do. A lot of people like it. A lot of people love yeah. it. But here, the way you're talking about it, it resonates with me so deeply. <laughs> feel what you're saying yeah. and I love that I yeah. think that is and and I honestly I like that it's hard for you to narrow it down to choose one that's your favorite because that you know I'm I'm a, I'm a very similar type of person I love the different modalities that I use and choosing one is like uh, how do I choose? They have different purposes. So <laughs> Maybe I could I like put it. I could you know. Oh, this is good for this phase of the cycle, and this is good. <laughs> this is good right? for this phase of the cycle. <laughs> I love that. I think that's just. Uh, I and I love that you said psychedelic snail. I wrote that down because uh, I think that yeah. is just awesome. I, I, just, <laughs> I think that's really cool. Oh I yeah, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm having visions. What are you doing? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm just going really slow. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's something that is so beautiful about massage therapy. When just as a side note, when I was in massage school, and it was the first time I ever got a massage was when I was in massage school. Mm. And I was on the table, and I closed my eyes. And I think one of my classmates was working. I mean, this is almost 20 years ago. And I remember mm -hmm. it vividly. I was laying <clears> on the table. And I was like, all right, so it'll be like my eyes are closed. And I'm just relaxed. The next thing I know, I, I started, and this was weird, but I started seeing like numbers floating, mm -hmm. like my eyes were yeah. closed and I just started seeing numbers. I wasn't paying attention to what the numbers were. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I have no idea what that was about, but it was so 
vivid that just these numbers and even mm-hmm. letters were like yeah. floating in front of my eyes and I realized at that moment synesthesia okay, something <laughs> special this is different yeah. this is not what I expected uh, I like this and I just I it's just it's really nice to hear a fellow um body worker talking about it in that way that you you get that you know mm-hmm. that when you have that right kind of touch a client will feel it and mm-hmm. it is really unique and very different and amazing. I keep using the word special because I love that word. I think that is a very meaningful, powerful, powerful word, but it is, it's just, it's, it's wonderful, special work. And I think, mm. anyway, I'm going off on a tangent yeah. here. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do anyway, Right. We can't help ourselves. It's just part of it. Oh. So I wanted to ask you something, again, this is a little bit different. But this is, you know, based on so much of the amazing different work that you do, I'm I'm curious because I don't really do pediatric mm-hmm. massage. I've worked on teenagers before, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't really worked on young people. That's just not part of my mm-hmm. toolbox, mm-hmm. if you will. But I know that you do. And so I would love to know from your perspective how pediatric massage differs from the work that you do with adults, mm. because I know, yeah, I mean, it's very different. I have children <laughs> and I know children are like, they're like a different species from adults, even though they're the same. So I'm very, yeah. I'm very curious about that. Yeah. Well, before I even did massage for 15 years, I was an aquatic rec- recreation therapist and I worked with kids of all ages. I think my youngest mm-hmm. was three months. And then I worked all through up through seniors. I think my oldest was like a woman in a nursing home that wanted to learn to swim before Mm -hmm. she died. And she was like 97, I think. But mostly I worked with, yeah, mostly I worked with kids with autism and their siblings. And, um, so that was what I did for most of my career. And then I had some health issues and moves and had life circumstance Life happened. <laughs> Life changes. <Yes. laughs> and I, I needed to, to do that. something different. And I yeah. um, went to massage school. And then I was like, oh, now I'm like all adults. But I realized I really miss working with the kids because what I love about working with kids is I can just let my weirdness shine. I can just let my freak flag <laughs> kids fly <don't> judge. <laughs> and play without inhibition. And they think I, I am a superhero. They just love it. And if I did that same thing with adults, most of them would probably not return. <laughs> <laughs> totally different situation. <laughs> most adults have trained all the fun and play out of their lives. They just yes. don't go there. They don't permission themselves. And then another thing that I find that's really sad is that um, as a woman who looks the way I look, for a lot of uh, cisgendered straight men, when they see a woman like that, they're going to objectify her and fetishize her. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes not <laughs> the experience that not I intended. Experience. They think it's something else. And then it's just like, okay, no, <laughs> you know, yeah, I have to, I had to learn to like, right. I can, I can do this with kids, but not most adults. Cause most adults, it's just way too confusing for them. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I sure do. It's so interesting to hear that because that's, you know, like I said, you know, kids are unique, you know, Mm -hmm. kids are unique. They don't have all of the judgment, negativity, Mm -hmm. all of the everything that adults, you know, sometimes just 
unintentionally have. And the big thing is the judgment, you know, mm-hmm. adults have that, whether, mm-hmm. you know, they don't always want to have that judgment behind them, but it's there yeah. and kids don't have that. Yeah, and that's so innocent. Really, it's so beautiful. They are. They are so and innocent. And it is beautiful. And, the, and, and I it, love, I love it. They progress so fast because they don't have that. They don't have the limiting right. beliefs. And so when things yeah. click with them, they just, it just shifts and it's just like, it's so gratifying yes it is I think that's I think that's really great Mm -hmm. um so tell me a little bit because again this changes subject but all over the place here and you know you're you're such a fascinating person you have so many amazing things I had one massage client tell me that he's like you're like a lasagna because you have many layers and they're all completely different. Oh. The onion metaphor is like too that. basic for you. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. You are like lasagna. I love yes, that. Many layers that are all completely different. Yes, and, and that is something that I think is really cool. I mean, I'm, I'm similar in that way. And I think, you know, that's something really, again, I use this word, but I mean it. I think that is something really special. And I, mm. that, again, is one of the reasons why I was so eager to talk to you. Because you do have these all these amazing layers, and that's just really unique. And unique is one of the most wonderful things in life, in my opinion. Mm. So I want to talk about somatic experiencing. And yes. I want to know what, what exactly that is and what drew you to it. Well, I'll start with what drew me to it. So in 2014, I was going through a major healing crisis. It was, I mean, it had been, I'd been going on this healing crisis for a while and I was seeking out resources to help. I, I was really sick and on disability and in and out of the hospital and multiple surgeries for years. And I was dealing with a lot of difficult symptoms and one of my practitioners, my acupuncturist, recommended this woman to go see her. She says, I think this person can really help you. So I went and she's trained in somatic experiencing and she is also trained in another modality called points holding process and they're both for healing trauma. Mm -hmm. And I went and the first session she said to me, it is my goal for you not to need me one day. And I just looked at her and said, you know, that's a really nice thought, but you don't understand. I'm permanently disabled. I'm not ever getting better. This is just for maintenance. (laughs) Just so that way I can tolerate being alive and (laughs) maybe hang on another couple days or weeks or years. And she just smiled and nodded at me and let me be right. And (laughs) And then about a year later of working with her, I worked with her every week. And I said, I think I'm going to get better. <laughs> I didn't believe you. <laughs> wow. And, and then I worked with her another year. And then I was able to start tapering off. And now I just go for maintenance sessions. And, um, and I'm off all my medications except for a thyroid medication. I'm able to work. And I, I gained a life worth living beyond being really unable to function having a caregiver I I couldn't really do much of anything I was just a lump and realizing how much of my symptoms were because of trauma I had so many diagnoses 
most of the doctors didn't know so what was wrong with me, so they would just keep adding medication and diagnosis, yep. not knowing what was wrong. So often is the case. And this work, it just profoundly changed my life. It gave me my life back, and it was the, really the first time in my life that I was grateful to be alive, that I was grateful to be here. I didn't, I was trying to get out most of my life. Get me out of this body. Right. And, yeah. and this work really helped me enjoy life a lot. <laughs> learn to learn to have that. And so that was, that's what really drew me to it. I wanted to share this abundance that's pouring out of me of like this beautiful life force energy that I enjoy so much that I want to share it with others. And so to answer what is somatic experiencing, it is one of many somatic trauma healing modalities and it emphasizes a mind-body connection to resolve trauma symptoms through the awareness of bodily sensation. Mm -hmm. And it can reset the autonomic nervous system, restore balance, increases a person's resilience to stress, and as well as helps people have vitality and increase their capacity to actively engage in life. And that has been my experience in so many ways. And I just am so happy to begin to share it with others. And that's something so great is when something affects you so profoundly that you want to share that gift with other people. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just... There's something really amazing about that. So thank you yeah, for sharing that. Yeah. And, and thank you for sharing that personal story. Yeah. And I also, it's that really... same post that I did in the massage therapy group, I did it in a somatic experiencing practitioner group. Like, hey, anyone else mm -hmm. do that? And so many people said, oh my gosh, this is such a somatic way, a somatic experiencing way of being in the world, of right. noticing what's happening with the body mm -hmm. and adapting to that. Like, instead of forcing an outside paradigm like go within and and be authentic for your internal experience so you're not overriding your physiology i love how you just worded that <laughs> you just worded that in such a perfect way oh okay. that's so so great well that, that that sort of actually ties in with a question i want to ask you i think i you can tell me if it doesn't but i think it does what i want to ask is how virtual sessions impact clients differently than in-person sessions and I feel like maybe the somatic experiencing might kind of tie in with the the virtual sessions but I'm not entirely sure so you yeah, tell me well that. somatic experiencing can be done virtually and in person and mm -hmm. for the other types of work that I do it, it really depends on what kind of session and who it's for and what the goals are like am I doing energy work is it coaching is it somatic experiencing and so it's hard to say because everyone has different needs. That being said, inclusivity is one of my core values and being able to offer a variety of ways for people to experience connection with another person in a way that feels safe and meets yeah. their needs is really important to me. So many people in life go without their needs being met because of a lack of options or a practitioner's unwillingness to be flexible. And it, <laughs> I see that a lot. Yes. So it feels really good to offer my services to people in a way that feels inclusive for a diverse range of needs and desires. Because you need to meet people where they're at. And yes. 
understand that. Yes. And when a client's coming to me, it's for them. This is their session. It's not my session. (laughs) No room for my ego to get in the way. My boundary is only, is this something that I can give with a willing and open heart? This is something that I'm a yes to giving this person. And if it's a no, then it's my responsibility to say, you know, I don't feel like I'm a fit, but here's some other people who might be. But otherwise, be creative. Look for a win-win solution with people. These are flexible um, energy. I find it really ironic how many people practice yoga and other spiritual practices or movement practices to cultivate flexibility. They could be so inflexible. Yes. Oh, I see that so much and it blows my mind. They get very rigid and dogmatic and it's just like, you need to let that dogma go, friends. It's not serving a lot of people. It's not, and it's not serving you either, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why are you doing mm-hmm. that to yourself? You know, if, if you can't focus on yeah. others, A, you shouldn't be in what you're doing. But secondly, you're making it worse for yourself. I mean, I completely agree with you. I think yeah. you just, you said it. You just said it perfectly. I want to change track here a little bit and talk a little bit more fun, mm. personal kind of stuff. Oh, I always like to, yay, to get to know people fun. a little bit better. Yay. So a couple of fun questions here. My first one's kind of a crossover between professional and personal. If you weren't in this line of work, Mm. what kind of work would you be doing or would you still do this kind of work? Well, I love my work, so I'd definitely be doing it, but I'd totally be down Mm -hmm. to being a motivational public speaker. And (laughs) I would love that. And also, oh, this would be like, ah, dream. (laughs) Okay. Would mm-hmm. someone please pay me to travel the world and eat meals with families? <laughs> because that would be just wow. so freaking amazing. Sign me up. I'm a yes. <laughs> I, love, I like it. I love food. I love ritual, tradition, culture with food. I love families connecting through food and seeing how people do that around the world and all the different cuisines and connections with it is just so beautiful to me I just I love it it's just so yes you totally make a tv show out of that it's only yes (laughs) oh we just gotta get this whole covid travel yes we gotta get rid of these covid travel restrictions and then I would just yes just gotta get through this we can get through this I, I would watch that show. I absolutely would watch your show, I man. I, I'm a foodie. I love <laughs> food, and I love food from everywhere, and I love connecting with people. And one of the things that I think is something amazing is how people connect with food, particularly culturally. Yes. The food oh, of their yes. And that yes. is just something beautiful to me. So I would watch your show. I would record it, I'd it, I'd make my kids watch it with me. I'd be like, listen, this is what Tiffany's doing today, and we're going to watch where she is, and then we're going to eat some delicious food. So, so if you ever make that happen, you let me know. Okay. And, if, and if you can't make a show out of it, let me know, and I'll I'll just follow your blog. Well, yeah, you could just invite me over for dinner sometime. You can make yes, some family absolutely. recipe for me. That would just delight yes. me. Oh, that is just, I think that is just awesome, awesome, awesome. So I've got two questions that are very similar, but are different. And this one is kind of fun, but again, they're similar and different. I'll give you both of them and you can answer them in any way you want. And you don't, well, I'll just ask you and you tell me. So first one is, 
who are three people, or if there's one, that's fine too, who have had the most influence on you? And then the mm. second part is, if you could have dinner, lunch, snacks, drinks, conversation, et cetera, et cetera, with three people, deceased or alive, related to you, not related, fictional or real or what have you, mm. who would they be and why? Now, these three people can be the same for both questions or different. They don't have to be three people. They can be one person. However you want to answer that. I just, this is oh. something that I really like to ask people. I think it's a very interesting introspective question mm -hmm. that people get to know themselves better in answering this question. Okay, well, the so. dinner party I would love to attend, and the invitations are going to Julia Child, Maya Angelou, oh. and Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> oh, yes, you are definitely a foodie, aren't you? Yes, indeed. <laughs> that would be an amazing dinner party. I love yes, it. yes. And, um, Three people who had the most influence on me. Um, one would be Catalina Urita. She was my trauma therapist who I worked with originally uh, starting in 2014, who I spoke about earlier in the interview. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for her. She's, I started working with her after my mom passed away, and she was a little bit of a surrogate mama for me a little bit, too. She wow. was very protective of me, and she, she helped midwife me through a lot of transition and I, I love her dearly and um, second person would be my mom she's passed mm -hmm. in 2014 and she I mean I'm here because of her <laughs> like I wouldn't be here number one and most of my life I really struggled with wanting to be I didn't want to be alive I didn't want to be here being in a body was really hard for me and it wasn't until after she passed that I shifted and I remembered before she passed I'd ask her a lot what do you like so much about this life thing I'm like an investigative journalist tell me what is it yeah and I she says that. I love hearing the birds sing and I love walking barefoot on the grass and I was just like huh <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> and it wasn't until I started really doing the deep somatic healing work and I found a new way of engaging with life that I got it and one day I'm lying on the table, the massage table, receiving a session from a cranial sacral therapist after a huge awakening. And I just started weeping and I'm crying, my cranial sacral therapist is crying because I'm like, I'm just so happy to be alive. I'm alive. Like it was just like, oh. and that at that moment powerful. I heard, yeah, in that moment I heard a bird sing. And it was like my mom saying, you get it now, don't you? And I was like, yes, I do. How beautiful is that? Yeah. And so, and my mom, like after, and there was a time in my life where I attempted suicide and my mom was an elementary school teacher and she was like, you know what? We've been trying to do it the way that all of the insurance and the doctors have been saying to do. And that's just not working. So we need to do things differently <laughs> because my daughter, <laughs> is clearly saying something is not working. Things are not working. Right. <laughs> and yeah. she was determined, determined to help me enjoy my life. What Find a way to life. enjoy life, yeah. And, oh, and, wow. and so her gifts continue even now after she's gone. And That's while she was on hospice, I read a book with her called The Dog's Purpose. And it's a beautiful book. It's one of my favorite books. It's about a dog being reincarnated through different lives, trying to find its purpose. 
and she shared a story about her first dog was named Ginger. And Ginger was the best dog ever. And after my mom passed, I really felt called to get a dog. And I adopted a dog and she was a stray and they didn't know her name. And they said, you, we gave her a name, you can keep it or give her a new one. I'm like, oh, I know her name, it's Ginger. <laughs> and so she, Ginger is my dog and she thinks she's the person. So she's, so, yes, <laughs> she's, I'll include her. She's really had a tremendous yes, impact on my life. Like, um, she shows me like how to appreciate those things, like being in the grass and smelling okay. a flower and enjoying food. Enjoying and life. yeah, she's, and she's such a love ball and she's really helped me open my heart to love and connection. And she's very influential. Yes. She just barked right oh, now. I love, that. I love that you included her. Yeah. I heard her a little bit. Yes. She loves <laughs> being included. She loves being included. She gets very, she likes being included in my massages sometimes too. She's, she'll give a little yeah. doggy acupressure, little cuddles sometimes. Love that. I love it. Yeah. Oh, well, those, I think those are some amazing answers. I mean, you know, everyone's answers are amazing because it's such a subjective question, yeah. but that was, you know, that was a really beautiful story that you shared. So thank you so much for sharing such a beautiful personal story. Oh, I, I, I love that. Mm. So tell me, do you have a nickname? Uh, I like asking that because yeah. some people are big on nicknames <laughs> and some people are like, whatever nicknames. So I'm curious. Um, a few of my friends call me Tiff and even fewer might call me Tiffy. Tiffy is like mm -hmm. closer intimate people that are almost like family to me. I don't like it when some yeah. person who I hardly know calls me that. But yeah, Tiff, I understand. <laughs> I'm like, hey, like that's for like close people. <laughs> You're not in that right. group. I get you there. But like Tiff could be like well cute. For that. Yeah, but like Tiff yeah. could be like, oh, all right, that's kind of cute. But usually most people just yeah. call me Tiffany. I like it. Some people call me the goddess or queen of food because they know how much I love food. <laughs> I mean, it sounds clearly like you know, <laughs> and that's you know that's something very special to me because uh, as a foodie, I want to know people who know good food. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just have one. Well, one more personal question and then one last question. Mm. So. What do you enjoy doing when you're not working? What's like, what's uh, fun for you when you're not working? I mean, obviously work is fun for you because yeah, you enjoy it so much, yeah. but when you're not working, tell me what, what's fun for you? I love to eat <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I love, I get that. I love hiking. I love cuddling. I love to talk mm -hmm. to people. I like meeting random people sometimes even like even before like pre pandemic, if I went out to eat by myself and there's someone else sitting by themselves. I just strike up a conversation. Sometimes I met my new friend that way, and that's fun for me. I like to do writing, um, and and also for the talking part, like the speaking. I like uh, speaking. That'd be like fun to be on stage. I've done like a few events, like storytelling events. I love spending time in nature, just being close with a plant or a tree or grass or a flower or camping. Or it could be as simple as just noticing a plant in my house. And, um, 
Well, I mean, plants are amazing. I, I yeah. get it. I have a succulent garden, and I just, oh, just looking at them, I'm like, hello, beautiful. Oh. And it's just, yeah. oh, it's very relaxing. So I completely, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and herbalism cool. is lovely, because I like mm. connecting with the personalities of plants. You know how we talked about the personalities of yes. the different rocks, and it's sort of like that for me yes. with herbalism and learning the different actions of the plants and how they can be used as medicine and healing and supporting our bodies through whatever it is. I mean, my herbalism teacher says herbalism is medicine for the people. It's true. And I like that. It's great. And I love fermentation. <laughs> one more plate, mm-hmm. one more way to play with my food <laughs> is fermenting. Definitely. I mean, any way to play with your food is a good way to play, you know, a, g- a good way, <laughs> I think. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for sure. So, Tiffany, tell me where listeners can connect with you and learn more about you and what you do. Oh, yes, of course. Um, you can connect with me through my website. It's healingwithtiffany.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. And it's at heal, H-E-A-L, with Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. And if, you're, if any of your listeners are interested... As part of my period coaching school program, I'm going to be soon offering an eight-week program for eight menstruators to learn about living in flow, and it will be a no-cost program, so I'll be interviewing people that have to fill out an application. If that's something that they're interested in, they can send me a message through my website or social media, and then when I'm ready to start planning the program, I'll send out the application they can apply and it's like I said no cost for the first time and I need to make sure it's a good fit because I'm learning and definitely they're practicing with me as I'm practicing yeah well Tiffany I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today sharing your wisdom sharing a bit about yourself personally and professionally you have so much to offer I am just so appreciative for you coming on the show and being here with me today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. What an amazing conversation I had with Tiffany. I loved learning all about the wonderful body work that she does. Now, I myself am a massage therapist, so a lot of what we talked about, I understand because it's a lot of what I do. However... There was a lot of work that I don't know a lot about that I think was fascinating that she shared with me today. I hope that you got a lot out of it. I hope you'll check out her website, Healing with Tiffany. Not only is she such a talented practitioner, but her website really gives you a lot of information about all of the wonderful things she does. So I hope you will check her out. You will not be disappointed. Tune in for my next episode when we'll be discussing mindset and life coaching and what that can do for you.